Hello, good morning and good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are. It's Lucy Mackey, your host here on Afternoon Tea, the place where we talk about all things royal all the time. So today we will be talking about the obvious elephant in the room, Oprah's exclusive interview with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. The interview was being used to bring up and clear up many of the rumors that have been spread about these two. But before we get started about the interview, let's take a small recap into the lives of Prince Harry and uh, Meghan Markle's scandalous relationship. So, as many of us know, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle began dating in 2016, and the news quickly spread that he was dating an American actress. Now, that alone was a scandal of its own, because like Princess Diane, she was not brought about, obviously, in England, and she was not from a royal family or anyone, no one really knew about her um, in England. So, that was a scandal on its own. And in the short amount of time that um, they started dating and seeing each other, the relationship was made public. Um, Markle had received many violent and, um, mean speak towards her, and Prince Harry was quick to address this, and, um, at the very beginning of the relationship, he made it apparent to, um, speak on the hate that she had been receiving. In late 2016, early 2017, the Queen made it known that she was in full support of the new relationship, although many just assumed that the Queen would not be in favor of it because of things that happened in the past and the traditional how you get a relationship in the royal family which is everyone kind of knows everyone they have to come from some line of royalty um but the queen was actually in full support of this the couple had been in a long distance relationship because Meghan Markle was filming for her new show Suits in Canada so they had been doing long distance and in November of 2017 their engagement was announced and then on in December they, of 2018, they had tens of millions of people watching their wedding day. And um, then a year later, they... And after their wedding, um, they announced that they were expecting, and they um, soon Prince Archie Harrison Mountbatten-Windsor was born and he is the seventh in line for the throne if you don't know the throne um after queen elizabeth it'll go to prince charles then it'll go to prince william and his three kids he has a boy a girl and another boy then the next in line after that is prince harry and now after that the eighth in line is um his kid that they are now expecting Fast forward to January 2020, the Duke and Duchess began to step back from being royals. Now, this was a shock to many people, not a lot of people from the royal family themselves, for, but to the public. It was, it's a very big scandal because it's a very big deal when people try to leave or decide to leave the, from the royal family. In July of 2020, Meghan Markle tragically suffered a miscarriage, and they spoke out on Valentine's Day of 2021 and announced that their family of four will finally be complete. Now, in a People um, article, 
Megan talked about her experiences with miscarriage and how she felt. No woman could know what to expect when even if people talk about it until you actually live it. And she said that she was very worried to announce the arrival of their um, arrival. Of, they were nervous to announce that she was pregnant in 2021 because of all the tragedy and loss and all the emotions that brought about when she suffered a miscarriage. Now, from 2016 to present day, it has obviously not been smooth sailing for the Duke and Duchess. Many rumors have been spread, lies have been told, and controversies have been brought to light. And that's how it is with most couples. It doesn't matter if they're part of the royal family or just celebrities in general. Usually, throughout their relationship, things can be spread around and people start believing them. But on March 7th, um, of 2021, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry sat down with Oprah Winfrey in an exclusive interview. Now, this was a big shock to many people that they were actually going to be open about it, and it was not a sugar-coated interview by any means. They, Oprah asked the hard-hitting questions, and Prince Harry and Meghan Markle were as open as they could be. Now, since they have been removed from the royal family and Prince Harry has been taken of his titles, it was obviously a lot more they could share. If they didn't share anything, it wasn't from a royal family standpoint. It was from their personal, what they wanted to share or not. So today I'm going to be talking about the four biggest takeaways that I personally had from um, this interview. The first thing I will be talking about is during the interview, Meghan Markle revealed that her and Harry actually got married three days um, before the broadcast wedding. They had a secret um, wedding just with themselves because they wanted a more small and intimate wedding. So they got married in the presence of Archbishop Canterbury Justin Welby, which was the head of the Anglican Church. And they have those vows framed in their room. So, um, with just the two of them in their backyard. Because I can understand why you would want such an intimate moment of your life if tens of millions of people are going to be watching you. Um, I mean, that's scary. And a wedding is supposed to be, an exchanging of the vows are supposed to be intimate with your family and loved ones. And although it was inside the church, it was just a small amount of, like, officials and people like, and royal royalty and people like that. But, I mean, it's every, her every move was being broadcast that day. So I can completely understand and do not think it is weird at all that they had this private ceremony of exchanging of vows three days earlier to the event. So I asked my roommate and best friend Jordan Boulding on what her thoughts were about the secret wedding. How do you feel about Meghan Markle and Prince Harry having a secret wedding three days before their wedding was aired on TV? I understand why they would want to have a more private wedding with just the two of them because having so many people watch such an intimate moment would be too stressful. Thank you. For that statement, Jordan, and I completely agree with her, and I'm sure most people of the world do. 
I don't think any of us could imagine having millions of people know our every move, not alone are partaking in this day that's really supposed to be just about, you know, the joining of two families, making a new family. So it makes total sense to me why they would want to have that moment all to themselves. And it kind of surprises me that other, um, not even just royal family members, but big celebrities um, haven't don't have more private ceremonies for themselves because... I mean, everyone knows their every move. And actually, when you see celebrities getting married, if they can, a lot of them try to just, it's kind of like a sneak thing. Like, they're not going to put it all over the world. Like, especially when they have kids and everything, they try to keep that, like, keep their face out of social media and all this stuff just so they can keep a little bit of their personal lives to themselves, which makes total 100% sense. So secondly, um, one of the big takeaways I had from this interview was Prince Harry finally opened up about his relationship with his brother and the other members of the royal family. Now, I think with all this press that they are getting, it really is like Meghan Markle against um, the royal family just because that's what we've been shown, really. Like, we've only seen the controversies and it's been like Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, which usually isn't it. It'd be Prince Harry. But I really liked how... Oprah did this interview she set them down separately but also together so she gave them a chance to um talk about it without having the other person not necessarily influence it but just be able to talk about them so when she was interviewing Prince Harry he talked about his severed relationship with um many of his family members many people know most everyone that Prince William and Prince Harry were um have both experienced a lot of the same things like growing up in not only the public eye but royalty um their mother um died or was killed but that's another topic but their mother passed away in a tragic car accident when they were very young and then they had to still spend the rest of their life in the public eye um harry said that they had been through hell and back together um that is not like that wasn't up for discussion. They have obviously been through hell and back together, but still the two brothers healed in very different ways and took two very different paths. Um, when he was trying to break ties with his royal family, Prince Charles, which is Harry's father, um, it was reported that after Harry began talking about it with to him about it, um, after about three calls, Prince Charles just stopped taking Prince Harry's phone calls. Um, I just tried to imagine, like, how would you feel as a son or a daughter, take away the royal family of it, just, like, not being able to reach out and talk to your feelings to a parent because they just disagreed with you, or, like, feeling betrayed by them. Because many families um, who are in the public eye have spoke about this, like, families disagree a lot, and it makes it harder to have a family and keep the family dynamic when you are in the public eye. Another key thing he said while talking about his family, he um, said that people who are in the public eye sometimes feel and they describe it as if you are trapped and you can't escape it. And Harry said that he felt a sense of relief because he finally felt like he was able to escape it. He says, first and foremost, he is a father and he is a husband. And like, those are his roles. And I think not only throughout this interview, but just the way he's lived his life, 
um, the way he shows his love and affection for his kids, um, for his kid and for his wife and he'll do anything for her. And, um, he's a family man first and he makes it very obvious to us in the way that he lives his life in the way he portrays himself to media, to everyone. So one of the biggest and scariest moments for me, um, Oprah got to sit down with just Meghan Markle and she um, brought it to the public's attention of her, not only the depression she was going through, but her suicidal thoughts. Now, I know this is probably one of the most like viral clips of the interview that uh, was like going around like on all sorts of social media. This is, I mean, I saw out of all the interview, this is the first thing I saw about any of it. So when she mentions these, Oprah is like shocked. Like you can see it in her face and she's like, Oprah says something that with the word shock in it and Meghan Markle says, I wasn't planning on saying anything shocking. I'm just telling you what happened. By saying this, you can tell that, like, in her voice and attitude, this was not a publicity stunt or a cry for, like, support, a cry for pity or, like, wanting to make it all about her and herself, but that she genuinely was like, I'm not trying to make this huge deal about it. I'm just trying to be as honest as possible. So she goes on to say that her mental health got to the point so bad to where she did have severe suicidal thoughts. And... She talks about how she did not want to hurt people by telling them, so she tried to keep them inside, like all her feelings, any suicidal thoughts she was having. But then it got to the point where she knew if she didn't speak up, then she would do it. She was, um, I mean, she was tired. I think she's been where a lot of, I mean, people have been where they're just absolutely tired, but it was to the point now she didn't want to open up, but if she didn't, I mean, it would be too late. So she did not want to be alive and she tried to get help, but the royal family said that it would not have been a, quote, good look for the institution, meaning it would not have been a good look if a member of the royal family was put into help or got help. And, you know, this is a stigma that a lot of people have around mental health because mental health um, has a lot of people, more people have been talking about it, trying to raise awareness about it, but there's almost a line where it's like everyone's a mental health advocate until someone is like needs actual help. Someone needs to get, you know, medicine or needs to go get treatment at a facility, needs to like go to a, a treatment place where they can stay for three months and get help. It's almost like there's a line where everyone's going to speak about it until then. And there are many celebrities and just people like, Meghan Markle who are constantly in the public eye who have also faced backlash when trying to receive help from doctors or facilities. Um, Celebrities like Demi Lovato, Lindsay Lohan, Britney Spears, many others, they had to go to facilities to either help with rehab or help with mental health and whether it was they were brought into it or that they chose to go to it, um, they were not only shamed for it but people would make their situations like humorous and try to make them like, it would be like a meme or a joke. Would It'd be a picture of Demi Lovato walking out of rehab with some mean caption on it. And it, like, went viral because people just saw it as, like, I mean, not a real thing. And that makes people who aren't necessarily celebrities just, I mean, people like me and you, when you hear people make jokes about all this and make light of it, it, I mean, doesn't make you feel like you want to reach out and get help either. 
Um, honestly, like, it does not surprise me something as famous and, like, everyone in the world knows the royal family. It would, it does not surprise me that they didn't want Megan to find treatment because it wouldn't, because of, like, the stigmatism of it not being, or the stigma of it not being a good look on them, if that makes sense. Like, um, no one should ever feel ashamed to go to a facility. I mean, that's probably one of the most stronger things is giving up your pride to go in and saying you need help. And she tried that and she was, I mean, she was just brushed off. She was brushed away. And like I said, there are people that are so strong advocates about ending the stigma of mental health, but we also need to focus on ending the stigma of going to places and get help. And earlier I had the privilege of interviewing my older sister, Emma Kate, and um, she works with an organization she's the president of an organization called active minds that strives to help people with not just mental health but getting help opening up and so i interviewed her earlier and got her thoughts about this whole situation about how the royal family denied Meghan markle's request to get help but also just the the thing that the stuff that no one's really talking about when it's about mental health like the scary part the not fun part so i i interviewed her to get her thoughts about it so today i'm joined with a very special guest my older sister would you like to introduce yourself hi i'm emma kate and where do you go to school um i go to arkansas state university in jonesboro so tell us about active minds what is that um, so Active Minds is something I'm a part of um, on campus. It's a national nonprofit organization. So, and it's um, aimed at kind of just strengthening the community and the stigma that surrounds mental illness and mental health as a whole. So um, we're kind of in charge on really ending that stigma in young adults ages like 14 to 24, and really just trying to end the stigma that surrounds um, mental health and also just education um, and educating people on how to help themselves, help friends, um, and deal with mental health and know that mental health is just as important as physical health and everything like that. Very, very cool. So have you um, read recently about the Royal Family and their interview with Oprah? I have. I actually watched it the other day. And did you see the um, statement that Meghan Markle said when she said that she had suicidal thoughts and had tried to get help and was denied it? Yes, I, I actually did see that. Um, that was actually, I think, that was something I would saw that was said before the interview, and I think that's what actually made me want to go through and watch the entire interview because um, that definitely kind of rubbed me the wrong way for sure. So do you think that is true that in Hollywood and just when you're in the public eye, it is there's a stigma with going to get help? I don't think it's necessarily, uh, I think, I think yes, it, it does have to do with Hollywood and you're in the public eye, but I think uh, the big, bigger issue is that it's everywhere, um, and I just don't think people realize how much courage it really does take to say that you're not doing okay, and when, I don't care who you are, whether you have all the money in the world, whether you're someone on the street, um, if you are denied anything or you're dismissed, um, that's, I just, I... I just can't imagine, um, I can't imagine claiming that you care about somebody and you care about them and call them family and then dismissing something, especially as serious as that. I just, I don't, I don't know where it goes across in certain people's brains to do that. So what I think is like people, everyone's an advocate for mental health and raising mental health awareness until it comes to the point where they actually need to go somewhere and get help. I think that's where the people like almost draw the line. Yeah, it's, uh, I think a lot of it has to do with 
it's an image thing to uphold. Um, I think that the minute you, you sit there and say, hey, I think I need to go somewhere to get help, whether that's therapy, whether that's a institution to kind of stay for a little while, whether it's any type of help, it's it's the whole the whole idea of it ruining an image and it not being and not looking right and it not looking okay when in reality that's what society is really messed up is that we we all we all are mental health everybody's a mental health advocate when someone commits suicide everyone's mm-hmm. a mental health advocate when they see oh look what that person's gone through but why weren't you a mental health advocate when they were going through right, it why right. weren't you why haven't we intervened to stop suicides like okay someone like cuz my thing is is when you pertaining back to the royal family do they really want that on their shoulders that they were maybe the last like reason for something so horrible to happen and that's and that to me is just there are so many steps that steps that can be taken to prevent certain things and our society as a whole whether it's famous people whether it's children whether it's the school and education system we do a very job about getting ahead of it and we all Everybody just likes to talk about it when the worst possible thing happens. And that's what I'm trying to do on my campus. And what I encourage, like, other people to do on their campuses is, like, you, we got to start the conversation now and make it just a normal thing. Because it's normal to talk yeah. about. And it's scary. And it's, like, really hard to talk about. Um, but my biggest thing that I actually was sharing with students this past week was a certain method. Um, because people constantly ask questions about, I don't know what to do when someone comes to me with something like this, whether it's as something as simple as like, Hey, I'm not having a good day. Mm -hmm. Or if it's something as simple, like, Hey, I'm really struggling and I I don't know if I can do this anymore. And, um, that method you go about it is you use, you do a three simple step process. It's called VAR and the V stands for validate. The A stands for appreciate and the R stands for refer. So if someone were to come to you and say, I'm having a bad day, you validate them. You let them know that their emotions and the way they're feeling is 100% okay and that's not their fault they're feeling this way. Um, You appreciate them. You appreciate and you let them know, thank you for having the courage to come to me and talk to me about this. Like, I appreciate how much, like, how strong you are to do that. And then referring them to the right source. Um, So that doesn't necessarily mean therapy or a hospital. It can be hey, I'm having a really hard time sleeping. My anxiety is really bad. You appreciate, you validate, you do that stuff. And then you're like, hey, I use these certain mediation, like meditation apps that really work for me. The The referral source can be what works for the person. Um, but And you don't have to be an expert to do these things. And I think that's where society is faulted is that everybody thinks you have to have some fancy letters by mm-hmm. your name and a professional yeah. degree to give someone advice and help someone. And you don't have to be an expert. You just got to be there. And you got to let them know that you're there. And that's just, I think it's, it's so simple and I that's what it makes me so angry because I just don't know why it's still such as big of a problem as it is thank you so much for being here today and sharing that with us of course of course anytime yeah um I know that there's uh easy ways to get involved in active minds and things like that and I, I encourage everybody to just keep the conversation started and especially with something as big as the royal family I mean I'm hoping that this can maybe sparks a conversation sparks a conversation we can get it talking even more because it's it's a big problem in society right now that I think needs to be fixed for sure so. yes I completely agree well thank you so much for joining us of course today. so the last point we're going to be talking about from the interview that and this one probably shocked me the most um so let's just give some background you know let's just be completely obvious and blatant about it the royal family is white they're white they're as white as day 
um, and Meghan Markle biracial. Her father is Caucasian and her mother is African American. But looking at Meghan Markle taking away the, or even keeping in the royal family aspect of it, looking at Meghan Markle and Prince Harry in 2021 seems like the most normal couple. Like just by looking at them, it doesn't, you wouldn't think there's a big scandal about the color of their skin until you get into, um, until you get into like what people are saying about it. So I can understand the royal family is not approving of her because she doesn't come from royalty. She's from America. Um, I mean, she doesn't, I mean, she's famous to us, obviously, but she doesn't have this. She's not in England. I mean, she's nothing like how they normally pick their spouses from the royal family but they're not even focused on that they're more worried about the fact that she's biracial and it's like I mean it's like so obvious now just looking at it because it's almost funny because we see it now and we're just like I mean of course of course there's right there they are racist and of course there's been racism in the royal family because I mean look at in years past like there's been no people of color in the royal family and they're not just discriminating Megan herself but the evil part of it almost is that they brought in the child that she was carrying this baby had not even stepped foot on the earth and people were already talking about its skin color the fact that that was even a conversation is sad in itself but Megan stated during this interview that there were conversations and concerns. So not just concerns like, oh, what is it going to be? But there were sit-down conversations of and of the concerns about the skin color of her baby. They were genuinely worried about if the baby was going to come out with a darker skin tone. Which, if you look at it anyway, Megan Markle is biracial. So the kid was... if he. I mean, the kid might have come out, you know, tan or had like a darker skin tone than Queen Elizabeth, but it was not going to be anything like totally shocking. Um, During these, they also, Oprah asked, since she said they had conversations, she asked who they were with, but they did not reveal who they had these conversations with. This was one thing that they did decide to keep private. Um, but they did confirm that it was neither, it was, that it was not Queen Elizabeth. She did not, it was not her talking about the color of the baby's skin. But she also spoke about the different ways that the public treated her and Princess Kate. And, I mean, you can see that, obviously, they treated them in completely different ways, but... A quote that Meghan Markle said was, While I imagine that it was really hard, and I do, I can't picture what that felt like. It is not the same, Meghan said. And if a member of his royal family would have comfortably said, We have had to deal with all these things that are rude. And then she said, Rude and racist are not the same thing. So, like, yes, Kate and anyone a part of the royal family has dealt with rude comments, hate comments, even, like, abusive comments. But rude and racism are two completely different things. So Megan is like the only one out of anyone who's experienced this because there's been no person of color throughout the royal family. Um, Today, I asked my stepmom, Susan Mackey, to answer a few questions about this and just um, give her thoughts about it. And I also asked my dad because 
he has he has different views than I do and different views than Susan but um I still like would like to get like a well-rounded view of from different perspectives of how they feel about this whole situation So now I'm here with my stepmom, Susan Mackey. How are you? Hey, I'm great. So me and her, I've talked a lot about the royal family. She's the one who started me on the show Crown and kind of got me obsessed with the royal family. And anything that I read about, I automatically show her. But today I'm going to be asking her some questions that happened with the interview. Were you able to watch the interview with Oprah? I wasn't, but I really want to after talking to you. Okay, well, have you seen, like, clips from it or anything? Yes, the clips they did on the Today Show, and then it's been on the news quite a bit. Yes, so I'm assuming you have heard about how there were concerns and also conversations about the worries that they had with what color the skin was going to be on Meghan Markle's baby. Yes. So when that came out... Honestly, were you like 100% shocked by the news that has been going around that the royal family is racist or has a history of racism in the family? Um, Unfortunately, no. I kind of think that's why the whole Black Lives Matter issue is happening. I think it's just something that we're all doing. I would like to believe that it was unconscious, Mm -hmm. you know, that they're not really aware of it, but I think it's very much there. I was not surprised at all. Sad? Yes. I was not either. I was more shocked at the fact it's like that was never a thought that crossed my mind because it's not even like, I mean, Meghan Markle's mixed. And so like, so she's biracial. So for that thought to be even crossing people's minds shocked me in a way because I'd never even assumed that would even be like an quote unquote issue. Like I thought the issue would be like, oh, well, Meghan Markle's not from England and she doesn't come from a line of famous royal people. But they were concerned over the color of the skin's baby. Or the color of the baby's skin. So what are your thoughts about that? Did you think that they... Like, it's weird that they had... That's what they were concerned about? Yes. Um, Because, like you just stated, she's mixed. You know, I mean, like, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, so for that to be... But I also think that there is prejudice out there of anything that's different. And there's never been anybody with dark skin in the royal family, has mm-hmm. there? No, there, I, I do not think there has been. And maybe it's the fear of something different. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it's scary that that scares people, but it does. Do you think they have a right to even be concerned since they have since then, like, removed themselves from the royal family and he's been, like all of his titles have been taken away. Do you think they still have a right to be, since now she is with child again, do you think they have a right or like or anything really to be concerned about if say this baby came out with a little more like a darker skin tone? Pigment, yeah. Um, no, I, I don't. It kind of seems like that was part of the split and that they were, I mean, have, haven't Harry and Megan said we want no more yes. royal responsibilities. Exactly, right? no more responsibilities, and then yeah. they took his titles away, so it's like official. And then I've lost track if, if when the queen passes away, Prince Charles will be yes. the king. And when he passes away, William. Yes, and then it goes to William's kids. Before it ever... I mean, exactly, like, and now it's just not it goes to William's sons. They made it a new law to where Princess Charlotte will be Queen Charlotte 
it can go from like it doesn't have to just be boys now so it'll go from to prince william then does he have four three kids doesn't he? I think three. Two boys Louis, and a girl. Charles and, um, I mean, Louis, Charlotte, and George. Yes. So it'll go through all three of those kids. Then it will be, it would be Princess, Prince Harry's turn and then his kids. So it would take that whole family, oh, heaven forbid, being wiped out. Right, exactly. And it's just so like, it's, think it's, of how, how long, like, Queen Elizabeth, like, can you just imagine? It would be what, like... If, if it continues like how old Prince or Queen Elizabeth has gotten, it's going to be forever till he would even have the chance to take thr- like yeah. the throne. Yeah. So Oprah also said during this um, interview, the line, do you think you were silent or were you silenced? Gosh, that is so, a great question. Yeah, I, I know. I really want to watch the interview to see what they, what they said about it's it. It's a cool way to think about it. Like, I don't, we don't um, think... It was, I like, now it, she made it to the point where it's like, oh, Meghan Markle wasn't just not talking. Like, she wasn't allowed to talk. So, I mean, do you have any thoughts on that quote? You know, until you walk in those shoes, you don't know. But an outsider looking in and thinking about what Diana, Princess Diana said and what we heard, I would think silenced. Yes. Or maybe out of courtesy and kindness, they were being silent, which in a would be silenced, wouldn't it? Yes, exactly. And I watched part of the interview. He talks about how him and, like, since his mom passed away, him and his brother, Prince William, have, I mean, they've both obviously dealt with hardship, but they've healed and just are still on very two different paths. Like, they went through the same childhood, you know, like, being brought up in the public eye, a royal family, you know what I mean? Like, the future king. And so... And, um, but they both took just healed in different ways and are on very different paths now. And he talked about how he's worried that a lot of stuff that happened with his mother, because he was old enough of when this, like to, to be aware of everything going on. And he like has said that he's worried that what happened to his mother is in turn what happening to Meghan Markle, because I mean, she was kind of like an outsider coming into the royal family. So he has been worried about that. And I never even thought of this. Like, it goes all the way back to her and probably even further. Like, all these people who were silenced and not just not talking. Yeah. It's pr- pretty crazy. Well, thank you for letting me interview you today. You're welcome. And she, Susan's great. She, she talks about all the royal, the royal family gossip with me. But thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Okay, so now I'm interviewing my lovely father. Would you like to introduce yourself? James Lee Mackey, his first Esquire. Name, her first, his first name's actually Dale. Fun fact. So, were you shocked that it has now been said that the royal family is racist or has racism? Throughout the royal what? family. Um, there was an interview? Shh. <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious. Um, on one hand, I was not because of how rooted they are in traditions. But on the other hand, I was because the younger people that are kind of in the royal family, I thought they may have moved past that. But As they should. As they should.
Okay, so the royal family said there were concerns and conversations about the worries of the skin color of the baby. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think they... Did that ever cross your mind? Because Meghan Markle's mixed. She's already biracial, so... Didn't even even give it a second. So what are your thoughts that they were worried about it? Like, what what do you think about that? Very shallow. If, If it's true, shame on them. What do you mean by if it's true? You think Meghan Markle's lying? I, I, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying that if the conversation truly occurred, then shame on them. They should be ashamed of themselves. Last question. Last question. Oprah said to Meghan Markle, were you silent or were you silenced? That's some hardcore stuff. So do you think Susan brought up a great point like Princess Diane was silenced? Prince Harry has said that he is worried that that is what the public eye is doing to his wife because they have similar, you know, coming into the royal family stories. I can see that. Yes, a lot of similarities. Do you think that Meghan Markle or people in the royal family have been silent or do you think they have been silenced? I think both. I think there are some members of the royal family who have been silenced and I think that there have been some members of the royal family who have just kept quiet because it's safer that way. I was about to say, do you think they're keeping silent? I'm are sorry, you? this interview is not with Emma Kate Mackey. Well, it should be because I got some good questions. Thank no. you. So that is all we have for you today on Afternoon Tea. I would just like to thank you for listening. Um, we loved having you here. Come back anytime you need the the skinny on what's going on in the royal family. Um, I'll catch you next time. Um, but that's all for now. So have a great rest of your day, afternoon, and yeah, I'll see you later.